Hello again, and welcome to the Laundromat Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Radke. Today, I have the pleasure of hosting someone I've had the honor of working with for... Okay, I'm not going to give a figure. Let's just say it's been a long time. I won't date either one of us. You're welcome. A true professional, a gentleman uh, that I truly respect both as a person and a journalist. He's the editorial director of American Trade Magazines and the editor of American Coin Op. Welcome to the show, Bruce Peggs. Well, Randy, thanks for having me and uh, some, certainly some kind words from you. And it's a pleasure uh, and an honor for me to be with you today. Absolutely. I'm super excited because a, a podcast star himself. So um, again, I better be on my best behavior, bring my A game and and uh, really deliver. So um, pressure's on, Bruce. <laughs> I think you're doing fine so far, and I'm sure I could learn a thing or two from you. It's all, it's all downhill from here now. <laughs> so Bruce, tell, tell us a little bit about uh, your background. Well, uh, Randy, thanks for asking. I've been uh, a journalist uh, since I graduated from Kansas State University in 1986. I was a newspaper reporter to begin with. I, I jumped around a little bit in my youth, but uh, I entered uh, trade magazines when I became the editor of American Laundry News, which is one of the three publications in the American Trade Magazines uh, group. I became the editor in 1999, and uh, I was the editor of that magazine until my publisher, my boss, uh, acquired the three publications from Crane Communications, which was our parent company at the time, and that was in 2011. And at that time, I became the editorial director for American Laundry News, American Coin Op, and American Dry Cleaner. So I've been in the, uh, I've been covering textile care, the industry. I've been covering it for, uh, I guess that would be what, 23, 24, almost 24 years now. So just getting warmed up, right? You know, there are days that it feels that way, and then there are days it feels like I've been here for that many, you know, that many years. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. You have the unique distinction of, of working on both sides, both the OPL and the VEN. Tell me a little bit about how, how those editorial hats are similar and different. Well, let's talk about the o OPL first, because that was the first one uh, that I came into. OPL is, uh, you know, there are so many different uh, types of on-premise laundries, institutional laundries, a lot of different applications. But I think the thing that brings it all together or the, the model that I think that it follows is that it's more or less a factory in my mind. It's uh, you're trying, you're taking a product or a raw material, that raw material being dirty linen. And you're working on it, you're processing it, you're cleaning it, and you're creating a clean textile that you can then ship to your customer or have your customer uh, pick up. And it starts the cycle all over again. So that's the way I look at, at, at OPL or at institutional laundry as, as a bit of a factory type of, of situation. Uh, for Vend, obviously, it's a service. It's self-service, but it's also very much a full-service um, industry in a matter of speaking, you know, d depending on the types of services that uh, a vended laundry may offer, uh, in addition to self-service, wash, dry, fold being one of them, pickup and delivery being another. So there are a lot of opportunities there, but all of those are based on, you know, serving the customer. OPL, you're serving the customer, but vended, uh, you're truly serving customers almost one-on-one -on -one in, in a lot of situations. Since coming on to the, the coin op side, obviously you've had exposure to it um, before coming on officially. What's been the biggest thing that you've learned that you had maybe an idea of what self-service laundry was and kind of quickly uh, changed perspective? I think the thing that has changed most 
has been uh, the use of computers and and the use of you know right now the trends are uh, cashless payment and production management or, or you know using data to uh, to power an operation and those are all relatively new things. However, you know just over the course of even twenty years, uh, the use of computers and and how they're used in a laundry setting or how they're used that benefit not only the the, the customer but they also benefit the operator as well in terms of uh, really understanding how their bills, their business is operating, you know, depending on the level of uh, uh, products or the level of, of equipment that they have and that they use, uh, you know, they have the opportunity to really see to a very fine point how their operation is doing, how what may be influencing it and how they may be able to improve it, you know, based on the data that they're receiving. So, it, you know, it's come a long ways. Laundry is laundry. Not a lot has changed in terms of how we do laundry, but I think a lot has changed in the way that we see laundry and how we treat laundry in terms of being a, a product that we're trying to sell, for lack of a better term, a product, a, a, a commodity that uh, we're trying to help our customers uh, clean and use time and time again. I just think there's a lot of opportunity there. There has been a lot of opportunity there to... Uh, to really be motivated and and advanced, you know, forward thinking. If uh, if you really wanted to get into the the nuts and bolts of how laundry works, yeah, for sure. I, I keep thinking about the the term professional. I think even early on in my career, it, 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 you kept it clean, you kept machines in working order, and it, and it kind of it was what it was. But today, that customer experience. I mean, we've said it a million times, probably on this podcast alone, that that that's the differentiator now. It's become a more professionally run business than it was before. And technology has been one of the key components to that, correct? Yeah, I think that's true. I, I But I do think that there still remains, obviously remains uh, a major focus on uh, cleanliness, availability. When are your store? When is your store open? Is it open during the hours when it needs to be open based on your demographic, based on your customer base? Uh, you know, those things remain important, but yeah, you're right. Uh, looking at it, looking at a laundromat as as more than just a laundromat, I guess is the way I would put it, uh, is becoming more and more in vogue. And the professionalism and, and uh, you know, it's really taking on a life of its own in terms of the the things you might be able to do or might be able to accomplish based on the resources that you have available. I'll put you on the spot a little bit. I mean, you've talked with so many of the people in this industry store owners included, have you seen uh, a transition that the, the person coming into this business is, is maybe a different um, type of person generally than, than there was before? I think it would be difficult to draw that conclusion um, because I just haven't, I probably, you know, thank you for saying I've talked to a lot of people and, and I do, but I, I would be hesitant to say something like that. However, I will say that, especially at the the clean show, which is our major trade show, which we just had this summer, our industry just had this summer. I heard from many people there that, uh, that the people that they were speaking to, and I'm speaking of companies like uh, Speed Queen uh, and Alliance Laundry Systems, uh, the, the people they were speaking to were coming from other, were, were professionals who were coming from uh, other jobs, other professions, other and they were looking at laundry as a way, as another business opportunity. And they were bringing their background 
into laundry. That's, I guess that's the way I would put it is, is they're bringing, uh, you know, the, the, the things they've learned in their corporate setting or wherever the case may be related to management, related to operations, related to customer service. And they're using that background and that information to better position their stores so that they can be the type of store, the type of laundry that I guess probably they would have liked to have seen when they were a customer, or they may be still a customer of a laundry, but you know, they want to build um, kind of what they've seen and they want to use what they're accustomed to and bring it to the laundry industry. I've used this term quite a bit on the podcast, the laundry nerd idea. Uh, the folks like us who have been in the industry a long time, you hear from people outside, well, it's only laundry. I mean, how much can there be to it? And and yet you, you look in your rear view and it's been 20 plus years. What has kept you in this industry so long? Well, I, I think uh, a couple of things. One is I really, speaking from the on-premise institutional side, I really got a kick out of seeing laundries that were really well run and learning the changes and the the way they approached that, I say factory, and I, I really should say assembly line in a way of speaking, the right. way they approached that assembly line, that mentality, and and what they were able to accomplish and why it was important that everything meshed together in, in order for them to be successful. On the vended side, you know, I really enjoy seeing how, how people treat or how uh, laundry owners treat their customers, learn what their customers, you know, what their customer needs are and figure out a way to best address those, you know, within the confines of running their business the way they need to run it. But I think that by and large, laundromat owners today, they're in the business of making money, obviously, but they're also in the business of being a service provider and they want to, uh, they want to make their customer happy and keep their customer happy and keep them coming back. And I think that um, store owners today are, especially, uh, you know, the ones that are really engaged with their customers are showing that there's a lot of opportunity if you're able to do that. Again, looking back on, on your career, have there been any favorite stories that you've worked on that, that really kind of stand out that you enjoyed? Oh, um, you know, honestly, I, to try to pick one uh, off the top of my head would be difficult to do. I've really enjoyed over the years having the chance to see laundries up close. Uh, you know, you can speak to when I speak to folks on the phone or or via email, uh, which we do a lot of or, you know, virtually, you can learn a lot. But I think that you can't learn as much as you can by actually being on the ground and seeing what they see and kind of living, you know, being in their shoes, at least for a short period of time and seeing the, uh, you know, what their business is, where the, where the pros are, where the cons are, what they're learning, what they have learned. Those are the times that I've enjoyed really being a kind of an eyes and ears for our industry, for our audience, I should say, and uh, being able to tell the stories of, of stores from one coast to the other and maybe some of the challenges that they faced and the way they were able, able to overcome them. Uh, those, I guess, would be probably my favorites. Any memorable moments, um, embarrassing or otherwise, that, that stand out for you? You know, I've had some, there've been some memorable moments. I've, I've gone to, I've attended, uh, I think this, this clean show, this last clean show is my 11th clean show. I've attended Texcare International and Texcare Asia shows in Germany and China, respectively. Those are, you know, those are always um, 
wonderful opportunities for me as a, as a journalist and as a person to learn about the local culture, but also to, to see, especially the clean show, to see people that I don't get to see very often, uh, you know, renew those friendships, um, that type of thing. I, I would say that, you know, it's just the people, you know, I'm writing about, I'm writing about businesses, but people are at the heart of our businesses. The people are at the heart, whether they're a customer or a loan, an owner, you know, they're all people. Um, they all have feelings. They all have emotions. They, they have goals and, and dreams. And that's the fun part of the job is being able to, you know, we're talking about nuts and bolts about the industry, but it's fun to talk about the personal things too. And, and getting to know those people when I'm interviewing them, probably a favorite. Do you, do you look back? Is there a high point that you look look back and say, you know, this is why I'm in, still in this industry, or this was, you know, where I really, really brought uh, breaking news, or or you really profiled someone that you you love the writing, or you really connected with. Oh, I've had. Uh, well, I don't know if they'd be high points, but you know, we could get into the memorable memorable things a, a little bit. Um, right after nine eleven, uh, covering. Covering that, uh, having uh, someone, uh, a colleague of mine who lived in New York City at the time and was a, a former editor of American Laundry News, uh, he was uh, he was able to cover, uh, you know, what had happened there in terms. Uh, I think there were there was a hotel at the base of the Twin Towers, and uh, and it was heavily damaged, if not destroyed, as as memory serves. And we were able to get uh, he was able to get some some information about that, uh, you know, very soon after the incident happened. Obviously that. You know, laundry is uh, not very important in terms of everything else tied to 9-11, but that's certainly, uh, I would call a high point in terms of what we were able to do, the information we were able to share with our audience. You know, and there have been other times. I've I've been able to tour cruise ships, uh, you know, you name it. Um, I would always see it, each each interesting or each um, opportunity to interview someone for a feature particularly is a chance to really get to know them a little bit. And to be able to tell their story, uh, that's what I really enjoy doing is getting to know someone, but also being able to share uh, their thoughts with our audience in a meaningful way uh, that's both educational and, you know, provides uh, some human, you know, a human touch to it. Absolutely. And you do, you do a fantastic job of, of telling those stories. Um, definitely appreciative. With your view of the industry, again, your your feet on the street, you're you're dealing with uh, the movers and shakers in this industry, both from a manufacturing standpoint, an owner standpoint, investor standpoint. Where do you think this industry goes in the next twenty to thirty years? What's it going to look like if we're having this conversation? Who that's a that's a that crystal ball is is a long is a long uh, long clouded one. Uh, <laughs> it's always a fun question, uh, right? Like uh, get it all <laughs> the foggy image it in. It is. I, well, what I'll say is this: I think that there will always be a need for laundry. You know, the fact that during the the COVID nineteen pandemic that uh, that laundry was deemed to be an essential service says a lot about its importance to our society. It's not glitzy or glamorous per se, but you know it's a vital, uh, a vital thing or a vital operation that that our society needs in order to continue to move forward. If we didn't have laundry, if we didn't have the means to clean our clothes, then obviously that would change a lot of things. 
uh, 20 to 30 years. I would just say that, that in that time that we will continue as a society, I would think we would continue to, um, to utilize computers, to utilize internet, online, mobile, to, to better our operations, to better our services, and also to communicate with our customers. That, that seems sure. to me Absolutely. to be a focus for many right now, as it should be. And I don't see any reason why that wouldn't continue to happen 20 or 30 years from now. Now, obviously, we'll see a lot, you know, in that time, we'll see many more new machines. Um, I don't know what they might look like or how they might operate. But, you know, I'm certain that that will happen because we all like to see new shiny metal metal uh, on the floor at the clean show and, you know, in our stores for that matter. Uh, so I don't think that will change. Um, I just think that we're going to continue to focus on the data and focus on the information that we need. And I say we, we as an industry need to better our operations and make sure that we're providing the types of services that our customers need and want and are willing to pay for. Absolutely. I keep pushing on my end for that dryer that, that sends the laundry out completely folded, especially those fitted sheets that after all these years, I still cannot make that happen and they end up balled up and, and on the shelf. So perhaps one day, <laughs> I'm looking, 20 years from now. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that machine that will transport dirty laundry, uh, you know, somewhere else uh, where it's clean and then transport it back to, to my machine where I just take it out. And as you said, it's already folded and, and uh, nicely appointed. And I just put it in my drawer or maybe I even transport it into my drawer. Who knows? Even that's better. the, that's the fun thing about, about thinking about the future, especially when we're talking 20 or 30 years from now. Even better. We're solving problems on this podcast. This isn't just information. We're, <laughs> we're tackling the difficult right. topics, Bruce. We're on it. That's along, right. Along those lines, I'm going to ask you the most important question on this podcast and your answer. I don't know. It could, I'm ready. It could, could make or break you laundry. <laughs> I'm ready. Are, are you yes, doing sir. it at home or, and do you love it or do you hate it? What's, what's the answer? We've been wondering this for decades. I do. I do do laundry at, at my home. Uh, I would not say that I love it, but I, I do take care of, I do wash my own clothes. My wife washes hers. She does occasionally wash mine as well. You know, we do each other's, but uh, yes, it is a task that I do at home. And we even have opportunities. We have times when, uh, when our home equipment, uh, you know, doesn't provide, isn't large enough to do some of our large comforter. You know the story when there are larger items, larger bulky items, you know, you take it to the laundromat and we do that as well. Believe me, every time that I get a chance to go into the want to go into a laundromat as a customer, I'm also there as an editor and I'm, you know, I'm looking and I'm paying attention to the signage and the, you know, I pay attention to a lot of things that a quote unquote normal person wouldn't pay attention to, <laughs> Yeah. but you know, it's part of my job is, so I pay attention to the signage. I pay attention to the way the equipment's laid out, you know, that type of thing. Laundry. And I wrote this recently in a story. Laundry as a, as a task or as, a, as a, uh, a chore is very similar. There aren't a lot of differences. And laundromats, generally, they're very similar, but they also have their own unique uh, things that, about them that, that makes them individual, that sets them apart from other laundromats. And that's the thing that I, you know, I enjoy looking for those differences and, and figuring out where it is that they're trying to, to be individual 
to provide something that nobody else is providing or provide some, a service that nobody is doing it in their area. Those are the things that I kind of look for and, and have fun when I, when I figure out what they're after. Absolutely. It's that, that personality that, that draws your, your customer in from uh, one laundromat to another. They, you know, what's your unique identity? Well, how do I, I bond with your brand? What are you offering me that the one down the street cannot for sure? It's super That's important. Right. I want to give you an opportunity. What is coming up uh, next for American CoinOp? Any hot, hot news tips? Anything to share? And uh, where do we go to, to look for you, the news? I don't know about hot, but we we've certainly <laughs> always always have something new going on in American CoinOp. <clears throat> so online, you can find us at AmericanCoinOp.com. Uh, we have a website that's updated frequently, daily, really. Uh, and as part of that, we also send email, email newsletters or an email blast, I should say. It's called The Wire, and we do that twice a week. Uh, if you're not able to get to the website, you know, we'll, we'll be able to send news right to your, uh, email news bo- or your email box, which is linked to our website. So at any rate, we, we reach out frequently, opportunities there. Besides the website, obviously, the print magazine uh, is printed monthly. It's uh, it was uh, created in 1960, so we're going on, that'd be what, 63 years uh, next year. Um, so we're, you know, we've been in the industry a long time, continuing to figure out new ways to reach people. Uh, you mentioned podcasting, and we're doing a podcast here. I just recorded the 45th episode of the American Coin Out podcast, and that'll, that'll be releasing soon. Uh, we'll continue to reach people that way. And I guess the thing I would say is that we're always looking for ideas story ideas, uh, topics that, that uh, the audience would like to know more about. So I just encourage you know, people out there, if they have questions or, or comments, they would like, you know, they're familiar with the magazine, would like to uh, suggest a story, be more than happy to, to hear what they have to say. We're always looking for opportunities to cover this industry. Uh, absolutely. And, and just another plug, if you are not signed up for The Wire, absolutely do just a great, I look forward to getting it. I'm constantly linking through and just really keeps you tied into to what's going on in the industry, what the hot news is over on your website. So definitely folks sign up for that if you, if you aren't already. I should also mention we're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, regularly post there as well. And that has content that you won't find on the website or in our magazine. So it's a little more, at any rate, I'll let you find it, but it's more content uh, different content, as I said, different than what you'd find in our normal or our regular um, channels, as it were. Fantastic. Absolutely. We'll, we'll check that out. Well, we did it, Bruce. We made it through. I think we we did a good job here. I'm going to get a meeting on your calendar for 20 years, 22 years from today, so we can cover the, the crystal ball prediction. So look for that email invite coming your way. I'll, I'll be about, I think I'll be in my mid fifties by then. So that, you and I'll me look both. forward to it. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> yes. Right. I was told there would be no math uh, and we'll, we'll hold to that. <laughs> it was a pleasure chatting with you today. And, and, you know, you and I've talked many times uh, and I was usually the one, I'm usually the one asking the question. So you turned things around on me today and I hope that I, uh, I was a good guest and, and was able to provide, uh, provide what you were looking for. Uh, I can certainly say that you were kind to me as a host, and I enjoyed uh, <laughs> chatting with you today. Absolutely. Thanks for having us, Bruce. I did. Uh, I, I love turning the tables on you and 
putting you in the hot seat. You did fantastic. Hopefully you'll join us again. And to our listeners, hopefully you'll join us again as well for another episode of the Laundromat Insights Podcast.